agent. Today we're talking about interiors and I'm delighted to be joined by architect Eva Byrne who is a friend and also I've had the pleasure to have Eva work on my house so I know her work extremely well. So Eva you're really welcome today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you Bethany. And well, here's, here's what I want to talk about today. Uh, my understanding of you in your role as an architect who usually does consultancy, e.g. sees clients for two to three hours at a time to solve whatever problems they have going on with their house and space. So what I wanted, what I wanted to talk to you today is, rather than going into a situation and addressing the issues that have arisen and firefighting and problem solving, can we just take a blank page for someone who is thinking of building a house themselves from scratch? How would you approach it? And for sure there are going to be lessons here for all of us who already live in our own houses. There's going to be learning for everyone, but can we just take it from a blank slate, Eva? Um, someone who's thinking of building their house, they have their site. Let's start with the site and the orientation of the rooms. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, every project, whether it's a, an extension or a new build, it all starts with the sun. Where does the sun come from? So you would need to know where's the morning sun, which is east, where's the daytime sun, which is south, and where's the evening time sun, because every room will naturally want to enjoy sun at a different time of the day. For example, it might be nice to have bedrooms that enjoy morning sun, so you wake up in the sunshine. If you're building a house in the country, I always like to have a room that has sun all day. So that might be the kitchen dining family room, so you can enjoy sun at the kitchen part in the morning. Perhaps in the, uh, day, in the daytime you can enjoy it where you're eating, and in the evening certainly, that precious western light, the evening light, to enjoy that where you're sitting in the evening. So room all day is really nice for uh, to have as one house room in your house. And then things and how that how do you achieve that? Sorry, I'm having a brain freeze here. If, if I'm building my kitchen, or I'm designing, thinking of building my kitchen, am, am I right in thinking then we're going to such an orientation that we might have dual aspect, we might have part of our kitchen facing south? Oh, definitely, south yeah. East and absolutely, yeah. So if, if, for example, you've got a rectangular house, which faces east to the, to the back and west to the front. If you put, a, if you put one, one, one large room at the southern gable of the house, that room will get sun all day because it will get sun from the back at the east, yeah. the side from the south, and the front from the, the west. Okay. Just as a rule of thumb, it's a nice little treat yes. in okay. a one story, or you know, in, in a house in the country, right. in a one off house. Okay, so that's our, we, we have decided that we're going to put, for argument's sake, I love the idea of taking one chunk of the house and making it basically the sun It's an all-day room, sun yeah. All day it's room. where the cat likes to be all day. Yeah, okay, right, we'll follow <laughs> the animals around. Well, cats follow the sun, we're like animals. And just remember as well that there's lots, lots of rooms that don't need sun. Mm -hmm. They might need light or air, but they don't need sun, like your bathroom, your utility, your your toilets, your storerooms, they, they don't need sunlight. Mm -hmm. So they can form a bank on the northern part of the, of the house. Bear in mind also how you build, there will be planning, obviously, stipulations. They, they'd be, the planning authority would have a very clear opinion on what you build, whether it's two story, one story, whether it's parallel to the road, perpendicular to the road. So you really would want to do your groundwork as well right. in that aspect. And the, the road engineer could be very interested in how you actually approach the house. Okay, and just in terms of building parallel to the road versus 
so where the whole length of your house runs the length of the road. Have you a view on that? Because I certainly do. Well, my, 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 I will go back to what I said. It starts with the sun, whatever okay. would suit the sun better. I think houses perpendicular road can be beautiful, mm -hmm. but it depends on what sort of outside space you want to make as well. If, there, if the house is parallel to the road, you have a very good opportunity to make private space behind the house. If the house is perpendicular to the road, it may be more difficult. You may end up having private spaces at the gable of the house. So it's it's there's a lot of different factors to okay. bring together in the best way. Okay, so we're we're taking the sun into consideration, and am I right in hearing us say that we want to place the sun in the rooms where we're going to do most of our living? Yeah, at the different times of the day that are appropriate. Yeah. yeah. And then the darker areas of the house we're going to put into more useful hmm. functions. Utilitarian, yeah. Yeah, like bathrooms, like... Utility rooms, mm -hmm. storage. Okay, and maybe even some bedrooms. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Maybe the guest bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that there can be a bit of a temptation when building in the large open spaces of the country to shove in a few extra square meters while you're at it. You know, people mm. tend to be tempted to overbuild. Would that be your experience? Yes, because one service I offer, apart from visiting people's homes, I do review plans that people have had prepared for new houses. Right. I hopefully see them at the earlier stage, prior to, plan to asking for planning permission, but sometimes I even meet people when the house is on site. People don't always use an architect to design their homes, so they actually they're actually missing the opportunity to get design input because architects would be that would be our skill yeah. designing living spaces so if you get a house designed by an engineer or a technician you may be missing out on the opportunity to use the space in the best possible way so to my mind people in the people building one-off houses in the country there can be a temptation to build a very large house but i think of it like this if you've got a certain amount of money to spend you can either buy a large packet of margarine or a small packet of butter Yes. The butter just might be tastier, yes. might be better quality. I think exactly the same way about how you spend money when you're doing work to your home or building a new home. So aim to spend your money wisely and maybe to think about building quality. Okay, so not necessarily quantity. Great, so let's get on to spend. I think that's a very good advice as well. Let's get on to where we should spend our money. Where, where, given that you're often called in to problem solve, where do you see the problems in most people's houses and how can we avoid them when we're starting from scratch? Well, I wonder could we take a different view and maybe walk through a, an imaginary house? Let's run through yes, absolutely. And see, you know, what, what it might be like. So we step into the hallway in any situation. It's always nice to have a porch, so a buffer between inside and outside. Okay. So perhaps a nice porch. If we're building a house in the country, there may be a temptation to have a front door which is purely ornamental and a back door that is actually used. That's a conflict you're going to need to resolve at the start. Okay, so really decide on what's going to be your front door. Yes, exactly. So let's imagine the front door is at the... Is at, sorry, let's imagine the main door is at the front. Yeah. So yes, a porch is a great idea. It's somewhere where there'll be a buffer between inside and outside in those icy cold winter days or even on a breezy summer day. Um, it can be nice to tile, that's sort of area. Make sure you've got a recessed mat well so you can get the dirt off your feet before you go into the main part of the house. You might consider having some boot storage there, you know, discreetly uh, secreted away, maybe a little bit of coat storage. Um, and then we'd step into our hall. And we all, we love our halls. We tend, it's, it's the first place you're going to see when you, when you come in. Mm -hmm. So 
just think about creating something really welcoming for yourself. What will make you happy when you come back to your home? For sure. So, and just before we get into our whole event, have we left our coats in our porch or have we just got rid of our shoes We have shoes had the possibility porch? of, yeah, it, it's going to depend on the size of the house. There's lots of opportunities to store coats in the porch if, if, if you'd like to. If it has to be, a, see, it's all going to depend on what size of the house you're yeah. painting. A very simple way to store coats is to put coats at 1.2 meters above the floor. Mm -hmm. That means that you can hang full height coats there, but above that you can have a mirror, maybe a round mirror, yes. and maybe a little shelf for some candles and flowers or something like that. Or if you space, maybe a full height cupboard that you can open. And that could either be in the porch or in the hall. Great to think about as a start though. Where are those coats going to go? Yes, for sure. And just to say, whoa, um, and sorry about all the crashing in the background, guys. Um, just when you say it depends on what size you're going to build, let's say it's a young couple starting off, maybe a young couple, maybe a baby on the way, so they know there's going to be at least one child. What kind of a square meterage would you think would make a house that's doable, given that most semi-Ds in Dublin are, say, somewhere between 70 and 100 square meters? Um, I suppose it might be, you might think of it differently. You might think of building a modular house, that yeah. you might start with your your basic kitchen, dining, family room, and perhaps two bedrooms and a bathroom. Yeah. And that might be something that you add on to. Lovely. So again, to think about buying butter. Now, if you're a vegan, that may not be very nice, yes. but you know. Okay, I <laughs> like your approach. Quality, so, yeah. yeah. And something that came to mind is, you know those small cars, like Mercedes, I think, make small cars, where there's a lot of room for you to sit, but there's no extra fluff at the back. You, know, mm -hmm. you're not, you don't have huge big bonnets, and you don't have huge big rear ends. Mm -hmm. In a way, I think like that's what we're doing. We're building the fillet of house. Mm -hmm. And if there's a need to build more, we can do fine. That, yeah. But the fillet of house. So, so let's we've stepped through into our hall and as you say we're building it for you so what delights you and there can be a tendency maybe to try and build something impressive officially impressive in the hall like throw in a fabulous staircase or yeah, you might be tempted to throw in a quirky feature staircase but what's that doing it's getting you from one floor to the other i personally would be more interested in spending my money more wisely in different ways perhaps in different finishes or perhaps in a different part of the house when it comes to staircases, for example, I'd be more interested in creating a staircase that's pleasant to use mm -hmm. as opposed to be ones that complies with merely the regulations. Mm -hmm. We have to comply when we build it's what's called the building regulations and they stipulate certain minimum requirements. Sadly, those minimum requirements have now become the norm. Mm -hmm. So when you're building a house, why not take the opportunity to exceed them? For example, the minimum floor to ceiling height in a house is 2.4 meters. But if you're building rooms of any size at all, it's really nice to give the rooms an extra height. Mm. So if you can go to 2.7 meters, happy days. Mm -hmm. Similarly, with the staircase, there'll be um, a maximum tread height of, say, 220 millimeters. If you can make it 180 millimeters and then make the flat part of the step something like 250 millimeters, you will have a staircase that's a joy to use, as opposed right. to something that you climb. Yeah. If you use a minimum, with regards to the staircase, if you use the minimum uh, requirements, you'll end up with just something that you climb. Yes. As opposed to if you use the optimal dimensions, you'll end up with the style of Victorian staircase in terms Lovely. of what it's like to use. Oh, so you'll glide so up nice. and down the stairs. Uh, you ascend and you guide. Yeah. Yes. Normally I say that you have to cherish the centimetres. In this case, it's millimetres we're talking about. Wow, interesting. Such a good idea, Eva. Okay, so we've decided what's of interest to us in our hall. And we know what's going to delight us. Let's say in my case, I'd be thinking, I'd love it to smell nice, so I'll probably have a space for a nice candle or a diffuser. I'd like uh, some flowers to 
just make me realize that the energy is switched on in this place today. Um, I, I, I actually, though I can't, my house is too small for it. One thing I really find lovely is somewhere to sit in a hall where there's a, a chair or a sense you of a square sit in your steps, hall. I could sit on my lovely steps. But I do love a square hall. I think that's a real treat in my view. Um, what kinds of things do people tend to find delight in a hall? Well, I think we should go back to being practical as yeah. well. Okay. That we should make a closet for our coats. Yes. And you can think of it as being wardrobe depth. 60, 60 centimetres depth will be deep enough to be able to hang a coat on a hanger. Okay. And if it's, say, 120 centimetres wide, bingo, you're going to store a lot of coats in there. Because remember, as your family grows, so will the coats, bags, shoes, and other pieces of paraphernalia. So we would like to allow for them. And when guests come, that you're not leaving coats on their, you know, New bottom stairs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like I like the practical approach. So where else are we going? Where are we going when we left our hall? Ninety-nine percent of the clients that consult me are interested in creating one room where you can cook, eat, and sit. So yes. we could call that the kitchen dining family room. Yes. That's the epicenter of Irish, the Irish home nowadays. Yes. So you want to, my attitude to that space is that each of those three elements, the kitchen, the dining area and the living area, all have to be happy individually, but have to work together to create a harmonious whole. So nothing is fighting for attention. Okay. Nowadays, we're all very interested in having a nice relationship with the outside, with the outside space. So... I personally normally look not to have kitchen units across an external wall. Right. Because when you do that, you're creating a blockage between you and the outside. The space, the other side of the kitchen, it's just not going to be pleasant to be in. So one way, and then you might say, oh, well, my kitchen sink, I can't look out the window. Well, that's why we actually have islands. Mm. Because we've dragged the kitchen sink away from the, the window. Yeah. We've placed it on an island which can face a window. Yeah. But those windows can now come down to the ground and allow you to get access in and out. Okay. One thing you need to be careful of is how you use your dimensions and to understand what dimensions work for humans. And I mean that in the sense of, for example, if you have an island and lots of people have islands and they have become a great kind of focal point in the kitchen, but you have to apply a little bit of wisdom. There is an optimal width, uh, there's an optimal distance between your main kitchen counter and your island, and that is 100 centimetres. When you make it more, the island floats away and stops to be part of the kitchen, so it becomes visually disconnected. But also, one metre or 100 centimetres is the perfect dimension that you can take a pot from your kitchen units and place it on the island without taking a step. And that is, that's called ergonomics. Yes. It's just really beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's the Goldilocks dimension. You could make it, if you had a very small house, you could make it 90 centimetres and that would work. 100 centimetres is optimal. Once it gets any more, it begins to visually float away and you lose that beautiful relationship between the two. Okay. And you know the way you said you want, you think it's important for each of the areas to work in their own right, but still talk to each other. Do you think there is any weighting of actual percentage of space? E.g., would you be thinking, give the kitchen a third, give the dining a third, and the living a third, or, or not necessarily? Well, I think that the, everything, it should be proportional to, the, proportional to the size of the house. Yeah. And I think of all the three elements, the one that could possibly get smaller is possibly the living area. You may not have room to have a full-size living area with several couches and a telly and a coffee mm -hmm. table 
but I think that you can serve the function of the little family area with just a couch. Mm -hmm. A couch in a kitchen dining area is suddenly much more than just a kitchen dining room. Mm -hmm. It is now a kitchen dining family room. Just having a soft, you know, seat Atmosphere. to sit on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Preferably by a window, it's just very pleasant. Mm. Somewhere to sit and whinge at the end of a long day or have a cup <laughs> of coffee or to recover or just to enjoy being near your garden. Mm. Uh, but I think you have to apply wisdom, it should all be proportional. I remember once advising a client who were reconfiguring their existing home and they were, they were, the kitchen that they were planning was just too small relative to the house. You know, so you, again, you've got to apply that wisdom. Yes. And similarly, your kitchen might be sized relative to how near you are to shops. If you live very near shops, why would you have a kitchen with, you know, enough food to survive a nuclear disaster? Mm -hmm. It's really not necessary. Mm -hmm. Exactly, so the storage space will depend yes. on how yeah. accessible your shops mm -hmm. are. One little thing that can upset the apple cart is our high-backed dining chairs, they're yeah. kind of the bane of my life. Right. High-backed dining chairs, it's a little bit, they, they actually work funnily enough in a dedicated dining room, but the minute you put them in an open-plan space, they just get very needy and they take up space and they're shouty and they're looking for attention. Mm. So that's what I mean, everything needs to be calm. That's a very good point. Yeah, they nearly start creating their own walls. Nearly yeah, each chair yeah. is like a mini wall. You're right. Place. I, I think it was little witches' hats. Yeah, I think they scream. Yeah, I'd never. I had felt that, but I hadn't quite yeah. articulated that thought. Mm. Right. So, um, in terms of then our kitchen, I love the idea of taking our sink off the uh, external, external wall. wall and putting it into the island unit. And I like the idea of getting as many floor-to-ceiling windows into the mm. kitchen as you mm. can to get the outside in. How about our washing, our laundry? Ideally, I suppose we take it out of the kitchen. Yeah, I think that's a real treat. Yeah. But again, it depends on your situation. I mean, one way to think about it is having a great big cupboard. Yeah. That into which you can fit a your washing machine, maybe your drawer, and into which you might even shove your uh, clothes horse. Mm -hmm. If you create a cupboard, cupboard that's heated and ventilated, for example, if you have if you have a vent to an external wall, yeah. and you have a heated towel rail, bingo, you've got this great space where you can shove in the clothes horse, maybe even have a, a hanging rail where you can hang clothes and hangers to air, that's what we do. Yeah. Our washing machine is actually under the stairs in our open plan house. We have a hanging rail, it works brilliantly. Okay. It's out of sight, it's not taking up space. Because in our house, for example, we didn't want to interrupt our lovely open plan space mm -hmm. with a utility room. So sometimes when you're thinking about an issue, think about the issue and don't jump to the, the obvious solution. Yeah, think you need Are a room. You think you need a room. Mm. What you need to, to air clothes, you need heat and you need ventilation. Mm. So think about that and you want them out of sight. So repair doors, vented, you know, mm. to a vented heated space will do exactly the same job. Okay. Um, okay, what else should we be thinking about? Well, think about our living room then. Um, so if, if, if you have a house of any size at all, having it completely open plan, I don't think works for any kind of family. Agreed. Or, you know, even if it's a couple, it's always nice to have one other space to go to. So it would be nice to have a, a separate living room, dedicated living room. It could be connected maybe with double doors. If they're going to be double doors, make them sliding pocket doors mm -hmm. so the doors aren't hinged mm -hmm. and taking up space yeah, yeah. into whichever space they open into. So when we, one, one, one thing people often get wrong is where they put the door to that room. So if you're going to have a fireplace or a stove in that room, opposite the stove is where the couch would like to be, mm -hmm. which means that the door will be better off in one or other of the corners of mm -hmm. the room. 
there's so many houses that I walk into old and new and I mean brand new mm-hmm. with the door to the living room is up as a fireplace so you create a room that you cannot inhabit comfortably you can make it look really nice as a show house but you can't live in it interesting so the door sounds like it's in the middle of that wall yeah. is it yeah mm. exactly so it'll preferably be at one end or the other right so you can in get terms, a yeah and in terms of the size of the room that'll depend on, on, on your house but in, as a rule of thumb a depth of about 3.5 meters would be a nice depth to have and for you to have a couch opposite a television or opposite say a, a fireplace or a stove right and do you favor if you're starting from scratch would you if you had a choice would you build a square shaped living room or a rectangular living room if you had a choice i'd say rectangular you want to be able to gather people around in eu so obviously you have to be careful you don't want to be a train carriage but mm-hmm. a square is kind of difficult to occupy but it, i mean every 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 space is different. It depends yeah. on, on where you enter it and what sort of windows you have and what sort of features you have. If you've a small house, small budget, a sneaky way to make a bigger living room is, uh, or to create a bigger living room, or the illusion of a bigger living room is to pop out a little window seat. Mm-hmm. Which isn't really, it's like a tiny yeah. extension. Yes. So it can be like a couch, the yeah. size of a couch. Yeah. And that can be a really sneaky way of getting some extra space in. Okay, so when you say a window seat, you mean literally a box bow, a bay window. window. Yeah. yeah, a square bay yeah. window. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay, so anything else then? We've had a, we've come in. Yes, we'd like to have a guest bathroom, mm-hmm. and to my mind, I would really like to have to have that off the whole. I, I'm really not. It wouldn't be my preference if you have a choice to have to go through another room to get to it. Yes, say the kitchen. Um, by can I put in be, a request yes. for an outside window in this guest bathroom? If we can, yeah. yeah. Although with a good ventilation system, that shouldn't be a problem. You can get what's called an inline fan, so you can have a, a very quiet, silent fan that'll extract really well. That's an inline fan. Okay. Yeah. Um, so again, it's to use wisdom. How do you want to use your external walls? Mm-hmm. So that's they're probably the key elements of downstairs. I mean, there's maybe other things you'd like to have, like a walk-in larder or a pantry. You know, if you can room for them, great. They're not in the essential list, I don't think. What would you say is the minimum room you might need for a walk-in pantry? Have you any sense of dimensions for that? Uh, Well, I suppose it could be as little as 60 centimetres deep. Um, I mean, really, again, as a pantry, you've got to use wisdom. You don't want big shelves. If you've got big shelves, you're going to lose tins. A really nice thing to do with a pantry is to make the doors like fridge doors. Yeah. So that you've got shelves on the back of the doors which are one tin deep. Yes. That can be amazing. And then maybe have deeper shelves within. So you can achieve a lot in very little. I mean, 60 centimetres deep would be sufficient. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. It means when you open the doors, you've got four physical spaces Mm, that are right available Mm. to your eyes rather than having to poke into Mm. things. Good point. It's like it's a question of maths. It's how you, how you use every centimetre again. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going upstairs now, up our beautiful... We, yeah, we, we're gliding up the stairs. We're gliding up the stairs, yeah. yeah. It's not mm-hmm. a, we're not out of breath. We're not climbing, very yeah. Very nice tread and yeah. riser. Um, what, what should we just pay attention to before we leave this new build house to, in our bedrooms? Oh, well, first of all, we would like to have linen storage, which is accessible off the landing. Yeah. So that's somewhere you can put... See, you may not have a hot water cylinder anymore in a hot press mm-hmm. because you may have a combi boiler, in which case you've no cylinder, or you may have a highly insulated cylinder, in which case it's not going to give you any heat. So we would like linen storage. Again, apply wisdom you need to have your shelves quite close together to get maximum use of the space 25 centimeters apart is perfect because then you would put in a small pile of towel, towels as opposed yeah. to a big pile of towels and then when you want to towel at the bottom of the whole pile falls over yes. so the smaller the pile yeah. 
you will actually will fit more in. I'd like to find somewhere central as well to have my laundry baskets. So sometimes that could be adjacent to where the linen storage is, or it might be in the bathroom. Right. But again, just and maybe have two laundry baskets, one black, one white, so the sorting is done. Genius. Prior to getting a laundry shoes, if you're doing a new build, might be something to consider as well. Yeah. Two little shoots, one black, one white. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Straight down to the uh, the servants' quarters. Mm. It's funny. I was at Tato Park yesterday with my nephews and just talked about shoots. The chipsticks coming in out of one sheet and hunky dories <laughs> coming out of another sheet. So you remind me of it here. Yeah. Okay, so we've we've got our lovely. Um, we're making our life very easy by having a place to put our linen and then a place to put our pending uh, laundry. Yeah, and you, you said that you like a seat in the hall. We might put a seat up there. We might have a window seat. It'd be a nice be place lovely, to curl up. Yeah, yeah. Curl up and read a book. And it'd be nice to have some natural light in our landing as well. Agreed, mm. agreed. Yeah. After that, then, our, our, we might have a little master. We might treat ourselves to a master suite. Mm -hmm. So we might have an, uh, a little ensuite and a wardrobe area and then our bedroom it is lovely to keep your wardrobes out of the bedroom if you can because mm -hmm. you don't really want to wake up looking at wardrobes yeah and when you're designing your bedroom think about where do you want to wake up in the morning so do you want to wake up looking at the window if so which direction which has got the best view yeah just bear that in mind that's, that's really important and windowsill heights are important like if it's a very high window you may not be able to see out the good point so you yeah. actually need to think about what height will you be that. when you're yeah. in bed versus mm -hmm. what height is your window yeah and in terms of your lovely ensuite bathroom, again, it'd be lovely to give it natural light, but we're upstairs, so maybe it could come from the, the roof. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could have a skylight. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a nice big shower. It's a big, nice treat. What's a big shower in your view? What are the dimensions of a nice big shower? Well, 150 by 80 would be very nice. Okay. Um, but even anything 140 by 70, you know, so a nice rectangular shower would be good. If you have something that's 180 long, you may not even need to have a shower door, which is great. Because shower doors mean cleaning. Sure. And it means collection of, you know, mold and yeah. dirt and stuff. You mentioned you had kind of the recipe for a small bathroom earlier, mm. the, mm. the minimum dimensions for a small bathroom. 190 centimetres by 120 will give you a beautiful compact ensuite. Okay. Into that you will fit a shower tray, which will be 120 by 70, which is special order, but it is lovely because it is uh, large as a shower. And you can give it a hinged door. A hinged door is preferable to a sliding door or to a bifold door. Because a bifold door is sliding door of lots of little nooks and crannies yeah. where bacteria and mould will gather. Yeah. A hinged door is much easier. Beside that then, on one, on one wall, you can have a compact uh, toilet, which will measure 60 centimetres deep by 38 centimetres wide. <laughs> and then you can have a compact wash basin. We don't need a big wash basin. Mm -hmm. If you have big wash basins, there's more surface to clean. Yeah. Um, and ideally have some drawers or some storage underneath and then have lovely mirrored cabinets uh, at the upper level so you'll have a very bright bathroom and those ca cabinets at the upper level need just be a toilet roll deep right genius Eva you are so generous in sharing these uh, dimensions and I'm just so impressed <laughs> that you have them all off the top of your head it's amazing to have yeah. a head full of these vital statistics I consider myself a space accountant Brittany <laughs> what a good description well the three essential parts of my work are my measuring tape yeah where I measure rooms yeah my scale rule the key elements of my work are of my my kit are uh, measuring tape where I measure the rooms in millimeters, by the way. Yeah. 
and then my scale rule whereby I translate those dimensions into a drawing normally it's scale 1 is to 50 mm -hmm. and then I will always have my calculator out working out how am I going to use every single one of those centimeters to best effect because sometimes you might have a solution in mind you think will give you a lot of space in actual fact it may not be the cleverest for example I remember once I had a client wanted to combine a wardrobe in her bedroom with a closet in the hall to make a walk-in closet. Mm -hmm. When you did the maths on it, you're going to end up with less space, less storage space. Simple maths. Right, can't beat them. Mm -hmm. So we've had our bedroom, we've got our ensuite. Yeah. Now, family bathroom, I suppose that's, we're putting in a bath and... Uh... Yeah, so if it's a bath and it is a family bathroom, we would like a double-ended bath and a separate shower. We'd like a double-ended bath because it means that you can decide which end of the bath you'd like to sit. Okay, so by double-ended like you mean you don't put the taps in the middle? You, you, you put the end, taps you put, in the middle. You do put the taps yeah. in the middle. And it means you can bathe two children yes. together, right. which is very, very right. nice. And then we'd like a separate shower as well. And the thing about a bathroom is, it's, I always think of the Romans when I'm planning a bathroom. Mm -hmm. You want something a little bit ritualistic, a little bit formal, just a little bit of thought. You don't want it to look like you just threw in all the different bits. Mm -hmm. So it should feel really calm and welcoming and, and restorative. Right. Yes. And I was thinking that given how much time we all spend on our screens and in the virtual world, I imagine that bathrooms are going to become a much more important part of our household, uh, of house design now, because it's actually where we get in touch with our senses. You know, it's where we, for those of us who are now increasingly less attached to our senses or less connected, I think bathrooms are going to be the place where we really concentrate on lovely smell and touch mm. and... Mm -hmm all of those yeah um, yeah I guess just where we get in touch with our senses yeah sensory mm. place bath. yeah so have we covered it uh, children's bedrooms yeah I would say to when you design children's bedrooms and when you're designing your home if you have a young family just remember you need to plan for all the different stages of family life and yeah. in my world I think there are three stages of family life there's the preschool stage when they're stuck to you like glue mm -hmm. so you have to have you have to allow for play and toy storage in your kitchen area yeah uh, primary school stage they will happily play beside you or they'll happily play elsewhere I call that the happy clappy stage and we all love one mm -hmm. another and when they're teenagers you absolutely have to allow for separate social spaces mm -hmm. so you have to allow space where they can bring their friends so that's why that separate living room that we mentioned at the beginning is very important. They will spend a lot of time in their bedrooms. Mm. And in their bedrooms, you have to allow for a bed. In a house in the country, that would typically be a double bed. Mm -hmm. uh, we mm. have to allow for a bed, adequate wardrobe space. And bear in mind, boys, they do need less clothes storage than girls. So you might think about that when you're planning your rooms. And then you should also allow for a decent sized desk. Now bear in mind, we are in a digital age, but a leaving search still takes up a lot of physical space. Mm -hmm. Both of our children chose to do their leaving search at a three meter table in the middle of our open plan house. Right. So it was hell, sorry. Wow. Um, so in their bedroom, if you could allow for a table like 180 centimeters long, that should keep them happy. And they may not study, but at least the table is there if they do. Yes, think okay, you're giving them the option. They can and, never come back to you and tell you and you're if, in their lives. If you have a daughter or daughters, it's a really good idea to have a dressing table in their room. And the minute you buy that dressing table, put some glass on top of it because it will get wrecked. Right, all the, the makeup. And yeah, and the, yes, and the makeup tan. and the lipstick and the fake tan and all that sort of thing. It just means it takes the pressure off the family bathroom. 
you know, if she has somewhere to do her makeup, because there will be a lot of makeup. Mm. Just when we are about to leave this house that we've just built. It's a lovely house. It's a very it? nice yeah, house, and I like crazy. the spread of people living in it. Yeah. And it just occurs to me that on the site, where we're building our site and arranging our car traffic, it's probably going to be important that our car is parked close to the main entrance that we plan yeah. to use, because there's no point if we, you know, we're always going to go for the line of least resistance. So if you put our car park space closer to the non-main door, we're going to end up using the non-main door, so it's probably yeah. worth it. No, agreed, yeah. Think about that from the outset, how, yeah. and how visitors will use it. could be that you might put your your car in one place, but it might be clear that visitors are expected to use somewhere else, so yeah. you have to decide that. Great. Well, Eva, thank you so much. Um, for anyone who's planning to build a house, this has got to be super useful because you've given such useful information as well as dimensions, which is great. And for anyone who's living in a house, I'm going to go to my house all over again now and see, um, see where I'm missing out or where I could uh, tweak. So thank you so much, Eva. Pleasure, Brittany.